You're listening to The Gathering Church Podcast, located in Asheville, North Carolina. The Gathering is a place where you can belong before you believe. To find out more, visit gatherashville.org. Well, good morning and welcome to The Gathering Church. You can go ahead and be seated wherever you are. Now, today we're coming to you live uh, online from our offices here. And, uh, you know, that, that's just for a lot of reasons. But the big thing is, I'm happy that we're here. I'm happy that we're together, that we're worshiping together here in 2021. The first Sunday, we made it through 2020 by the skin of our teeth. We got out of there, and I am. Um, I'm just excited for this new year. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful new year and, and that you were able to celebrate in your own way and be with somebody that you love. And just I just hope, I hope that you've had a great time and, uh, over this holiday break. But now it's the new year and it's time to kind of get back at it and get into it. And so I'm excited. We're starting a new series today. We're starting uh, 21 Days of Prayer today. And so... If you don't know, every year in January uh, and in August, we do what's called 21 Days of Prayer. It is our way of setting aside some time to worship and to be um, devoted fully, a little bit more fully to God and give Him this first part of our year as a way of saying, God, whatever happens in this year is yours. I give myself to you. I dedicate myself to you. And so uh, in the first 21 days of prayer, this January one, which begins today, we also do a fast, a 21-day fast. And if you don't know much about fasting, fasting is very simply saying no to something that your physical body needs so that you can say yes to something spiritually. Saying no to something physically so that you can say yes to something physically, spiritually. There's a lot of different ways that we can fast. You could do a a complete fast where you drink nothing but water for the whole three-week time. And honestly, if you've never fasted before, that's something you really need to pray through and think about. I would even talk to a doctor before going into a complete fast. There's a partial fast, which is uh, sometimes called a Jewish fast, where you would fast during daylight hours or during a certain part of the day. This is like intermittent fasting. You would fast maybe from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. or from sunrise to sunset, and that's a great way to fast. Um, You could do a, a, a fast where you remove certain things from your diet, like a Daniel fast or a Whole30 Um, which is a Daniel fast is where you eat only whole foods that are vegetables. You don't eat meat, uh, no processed foods, things like that. Whole30 is a a diet where you eat no processed food whatsoever, only whole foods. These are good ways to fast. Um, You could give up sugar, things like that. And then there's a, 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 a fast where you're fasting things like television or Netflix or Cobra Kai or you're fasting from uh, social media, taking a, so, taking a break from the news and from social media for three weeks during January might be just what your spirit needs. And so I would spend some time, if you haven't yet, 
thinking through, praying through which way you're going to fast. And then I'll call you and, and ask you to join us in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Every day we'll be doing an online prayer prompting at 6.45 a.m. Monday through Friday, and then at 9 a.m. on Saturday, and then right here at 10 a.m. on Sundays. And we're just going to open the day in prayer, kind of. We're just going to lead you into prayer. It'll be like a five or ten minute devotion where we'll talk about what we're praying for that day. And then whoever's leading will open the day in prayer. And then we'll, we'll fast throughout that time as well. So 21 days of fasting and prayer starts today. Join us. Be a part of that. Here's what I know. That for me, every year, this, this moment of fasting and prayer is genuinely an important thing, an important part of me starting my year right. It, it helps me to get centered and to be sure that as I start a new year, that I have my priorities in the proper order, that my spiritual health, that, that my relationship with God is taking that center position in my life, that number one position of my life. And, and that's what it's all about. And so 21 days of fasting and prayer starts today. And we'd invite you to be a part of that with us. Uh, you know, today we're online because the virus is worse than ever. I actually got an email from a friend this morning whose husband works in the hospitals. And uh, they were telling me that right now there's more people. It's worse in the hospitals than it has been during the whole pandemic. And with the holiday season and people traveling and being with family, the risk is a little bit higher. And so those are the reasons that we chose to meet online today, really as, as, a, as a caution and a means of protecting you and protecting ourselves, just to be sure that we're not a part of the problem in our community right now. We believe that the church is always a part of the answer, or should always be a part of the answer, especially in seasons like this. And so we put an incredibly high value on physically meeting together. We really, I really believe that it is what people need. I think people are desperate for it. I think it's such an important part of our spiritual routine and our spiritual health. However, in this moment today, uh, we just thought it's okay to take a break from that and to come online and be together online in the interest of caution, in the interest of safety, and really more than anything else in the interest of care for others. As far as next Sunday, right now, our, our plan is to gather together in person. However, let me encourage you to really be watching our social media or checking your emails because we may make another decision this week. Depending, we're, we're just going to be closely watching all the reports that come in from the governor, the school boards, and everything, uh, and then making a decision on next Sunday in the early part of this week. So be paying close attention, but if you don't hear anything else from us, we will be gathering together again at the YMCA at 10 a.m. next Sunday. Well, it is a brand new year. The ball has dropped. It's over. 2020 died. It's over. It's gone. It's in the history books. We've moved into a whole new year, and this new year hits a little bit differently, doesn't it? Equal parts hesitation and hope for 2021. New Year's resolutions are a little bit different this year. Our priorities are in different places than they were this time last year. Last year, we were completely unaware of what was coming. And so we were blindsided by 2020. 
We, we were, we were the, the biggest and most important news that we had to worry about in January was what was going to happen with Harry and Meghan. What, were they going to stay in the royal family? Are they out? What's the big... And then March happened and our whole world just shifted and changed in a way that none of us were prepared for. And so 2021 has us coming into it a little bit more prepared. We're a little bit more hardened, a little bit more readied, regardless of what 2021 brings. I believe it's going to be a better year because I believe we're better prepared for it. This year is going to be a good year. I believe 2021 is going to be a year of restoration. I always do a a word for the year. Um, I just pray over it. And guys, it's not nothing magical. I mean, honestly, a lot of people do this. And and for me, it just gives me an area to focus during the year. And last year, as I was praying through my word for the year uh, of this year, God gave me a word for 2021. My word for 2021 is vaccine. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, don't get mad at me. I'm joking. It's just a joke. It's not my word. My word for 2021 is restore restore, restore. I believe God is going to restore some things this year. I believe He's going to restore our vision. I believe He's going to restore our joy. He's going to restore our hope. He's going to restore our passion and restore our relationships and restore our health. I believe God's got some things to restore in us this year and I'm excited for that and I I think that that is really part of why we planned our series to start the year the way we did. Today we're starting a a new series, brand new series called Do Over. Do Over. I think after a year like 2020 we need a do over, don't we? This series is called Do Over. We're going to be talking about a few different areas of our lives that may have taken a big hit last year and we're going to hit the reset button on those areas. I believe a new year is like a blank slate. Every new beginning is another chance to start it over again, to to get it back on track, to start getting things right. It's a new opportunity to do things differently than you did them last year. I think it's safe to say we had some things go off the rails in almost every area of our lives last year. Some areas maybe you excelled in, while there are other areas of your life that maybe you would just rather not talk about right now. And today, as we start 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want to open up with a message designed to give us a boost towards a spiritual do-over. A spiritual do-over. Maybe you need a spiritual do-over in 2021. Maybe your spiritual life in 2020 was less than perfect. Maybe the one thing you needed uh, the most in 2020 was also the one thing that you neglected the most your spiritual health. I believe that in order to be truly healthy emotionally and physically, you've also got to be healthy spiritually. And I think the key to thriving in years, even like the one that we just lived through, is to be spiritually healthy. And so that's where we're starting today. First, you need to understand that uh, health in the spirit flows out of the Holy Spirit. That if we're going to be spiritually healthy, that it always, it's got to start in the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So let me open this by reminding you of your need for the Holy Spirit this morning. In his final conversation with the disciples before he would be crucified, Jesus tells them that when he leaves, another part of himself is coming 
that's even better than having the person of Jesus physically there. It says in John 14, 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I leave you not as orphans. I will come to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to go through life on your own. This is very good news. Jesus says He's not going to leave you like an orphan. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forsake you. His Holy Spirit lives with you and is in you. And that means you have inside of you a part of the living God and His power and His knowledge and the peace and the joy that He brings. He says in verse 26, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. The Holy Spirit is directly connected to peace. Do you see that? That the Spirit Jesus wants you to dwell in, to live in, to learn from, is directly connected to His peace being a part of your life. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If 2021 is going to be anything like 2020, we need to lean in to the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us more than ever before. He helps us to understand His Word. He connects, us with, he connects with us in worship and he, gives a, he gifts us for our purpose and gives us peace in times of trouble. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and He lives within you for the rest of your life. You have an advocate, a counselor, one to go between you and the spiritual world to intercede on your behalf and help you bridge that gap. But whether or not you can hear Him is up to you. I was sitting one day with my dad at Wild Wing Cafe when I was about 14 or 15 years old. And if you know me, you know that Wild Wing, my love for Wild Wing Cafe is an unbroken chain in my life since I was like five. I, and I don't need to hear your opinions about it. I love those chicken wings, okay? And so I'm sitting at Wild Wing with my dad at like 14 or 15 years old. And I had just learned about the hypothalamus in biology class. About to get some biology lessons today, guys. And I wanted to demonstrate my knowledge to my dad as it related to chicken wings. I was eating my 20th or 21st chicken wing when I said, you know, Dad, the hypothalamus is what tells our brains when we are full or hungry. But if we ignore it long enough, it stops telling us we're full and we can eat as much as we want. And my dad, without missing a beat, leaned in and said, you know, son, the Holy Spirit is that way, too. He helps you make good decisions. And He helps you pray and live a godly life. But if you ignore Him long enough, you won't be able to hear Him. And at the time, I was like, come on, Dad. I'm just trying to eat some chicken wings here. I'm just trying to impress you with how much chicken I can eat right now. I don't need this spiritual stuff. And yet, here we are almost 20 years later, and that conversation has stuck with me. Because it's so true. When we spend every single day ignoring the Spirit inside of us, it's like a muscle. It atrophies. 
Maybe you had high expectations for your spiritual growth in 2020, but instead you hit some new spiritual lows. Maybe you're struggling with some spiritual atrophy. It happens. Here's some reasons why. Here's some reasons why it happened this year, last year. First, constant disruptions. Constant. Last year we had constant disruptions. It was the most disruptive year I can ever remember. We were constantly having our schedules, our expectations, and our whole lives interrupted last year. From March to July, it was a change a minute. It's hard to have any kind of routine in a world like that. And without a routine, it's hard to have the disciplines required for us to grow. Some of our spiritual disciplines were completely disrupted, like worshiping together in church on Sundays. I really do believe that Sundays are crucial to our spiritual development, that being together to worship together and to serve together is one of the things that keeps our hearts and our priorities in the right place. And last year, for seven months, we couldn't do that. And maybe for reasons we respect and trust, you still haven't come back yet. And here we are today for the same reasons online again. It's better than nothing, but it just isn't the same. And this disruption in our spiritual practice of corporate worship has had very serious consequences on our spiritual health. And then there's all kinds of other disruptions that are happening, like those lovable, loud disruptions that are our children. Our children are home more than ever, more bored than ever, more needy than ever during this year, during this whole season this pandemic has put on us. And so when we try to worship or pray or study or even attend online church, we find ourselves being constantly pulled away by our families. There are disruptions in every category happening this year. And for many of us, it's made it very hard for us to be disciplined spiritually and it's led us towards spiritual atrophy. The other thing is constant disappointment. Maybe you've struggled with constant... Honestly, that's not a maybe. Let's admit, we've all had to deal with constant disappointment this year. Our degrading emotional state has led to a degraded spiritual state. The more disappointing things became, the more likely we've been to withdraw from our healthy spiritual habits. It's a common catch-22. When we become emotionally unhealthy, we neglect good spiritual habits. But the thing that can best help us get healthy again is those good spiritual habits. And so the thing we need the most is the thing we avoid the most when we're unhealthy. Relationships are very good for you when you're depressed. When you're depressed, the thing you avoid the most is relationships. This is true across the board. And it's very true with our spiritual lives. Your spiritual disciplines will balance you, center you, give you something that is steady and consistent in a season that is not. And yet... Because we're constantly disappointed, we're constantly having things fall apart, the thing that we neglect the most is our spiritual habits. We need God, but we're so broken down by our disappointment, we withdraw from Him. We blame God for our disappointments, and that makes us withdraw. Or we're embarrassed for our role in our disappointments, and so we withdraw. Or we just feel so dang overwhelmed, we want to crawl inside our shells and hide and disappear. And that leads us towards spiritual atrophy. Or maybe for you, this year has brought constant doubt. 
Maybe doubt has entered into your life like never before this year. Finally, in seasons where everything seems to be going wrong, it's really hard not to have doubts. Doubts about whether or not anybody up there is actually watching. Doubts about whether or not God cares. Doubts about whether or not it makes a difference for us to pray or read our Bibles. Doubts about whether or not a song by Hillsong Worship will make us feel any better than a sad song by Taylor Swift. Constant doubt coming up from the back of our mind to the front of our mind. With all the stress we went through last year, you know what, it's perfectly normal if you struggle with doubt. And if you did, it's also normal that that doubt led you towards spiritual atrophy. And the truth is, I would wager that there are more people who were driven away from their good spiritual habits last year than there were those who were driven towards them. I want you to hear me say this. It's okay. God is not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He hasn't left you or abandoned you. He hasn't given up on you. He's not out of reach for you. He doesn't need you to explain yourself to Him. He doesn't need you to come groveling back to Him. He doesn't need you to be so covered in shame for your failure spiritually last year that you have another failure spiritually this year. He does, however, have everything you need to make 2021 a better year. He's ready to meet you right where you're at with no blame, no guilt, and no shame. His Holy Spirit is still at work within you. He may have you may have atrophied spiritually, but you can get right back to where you were, and I hope closer to God than you've ever been before. Because our God is a God of do-overs. He offers you more do-overs than you could ever need. In Ezekiel 36, verses 26-27, God gives Ezekiel this message for the Israelites, which is extended to us through Christ Jesus. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove that heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. He never stops making us new. No matter how atrophied or hardened your heart gets because of years like the one we just lived through, His Holy Spirit has the power to make it beat again. Paul went through hard seasons just like me and you and struggled with disruptions and disappointments and doubt. And God said to him in one of those seasons, My grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. The same is true for you today. So here's three ways that we can start our spiritual do-over today. First, get in the habit and hold it. Get in the habit and hold it. I've said this a million times and I'll say it a million more. The absolute best way that you can be spiritually healthy this year is to practice spiritual disciplines, specifically worship, prayer, and scripture reading. Those three things done daily will absolutely change your life. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Discipline yourselves for the sake of godliness. 
Jesus modeled consistent discipline spiritually to us, and so did the leaders of the early church. We see them with these regular habits and routines. And Paul says in Philippians 4.9, What you've learned and received and heard in me, those spiritual disciplines, his steadfastness, the way he never wavers, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter where he's at, no matter what happens, he says, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you because the Holy Spirit is directly connected to the peace of God. Learning to have good spiritual habits is like developing any other habit. It only works if you believe in it. Back in the old times, before COVID and all that, gyms would fill up in January with people who were wanting to get in shape. But the only ones who were still coming back in February were the people who really believed that they could uh, make a change. The people who weren't just out for a goal with a goal in mind. Here's a, and this is a tangent, but here's one of the things that I believe. That setting a goal is a good way to get motivated in the beginning, but it's a good way to also drop it once you reach the goal. Instead of setting a goal, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. What if we just decided, you know what, I'm going to live healthier. I'm going to go to the gym because I believe it's a healthy habit. And my goal is just to be a healthier version of me. That is just, that's my little soapbox. But what if instead of saying, I'm going to read the whole Bible this year, you just said, I'm going to read my Bible five days a week, no matter what, no matter how hard the day is, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. What if you shifted from a goal mentality to a habit mentality? I think it would change a lot of things about your life. Soapbox over. Our spiritual disciplines are similar to these physical disciplines. This, the only people who are successful in their gym membership that they sign up for in January is the ones who are saying to themselves, I really believe I can do this. And then February, they're still showing up. And they develop the discipline they need to see it through. Spiritual discipline similar. So I believe that if you really want to get yourself into the right uh, spiritual health this year and have a better year than you had last year, spiritual habits are the most important thing you can add. Get in the habit and hold it. Start yourself with worship. I think worship is the first place to begin a spiritual habit. Worship gets the mind in the right position. Psalm 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness over and over and over again. The Bible tells us God is worthy of our worship and our praise. And so we give it to Him. And when we do, He makes our hearts glad. David says in Psalm 30, You've turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I may sing praises to you and not be silent. Worship changes our perspective. It changes our perspective in the best ways. When I begin to worship, often my problems seem big and my God is small. But over the course of that worship, you know what? I used to say it would take me one worship song, you know, five minutes, and I would start to see my perspective change. This year, sometimes it was three songs, you know, four songs, 20, 25 minutes or so. But you know what? Worship until all of a sudden your problems are big and your God is small. Keep worshiping until your perspective shifts and your God is big and your problems are small. Worship will do that for you. Worship gets you there. And then after you worship, pray. Prayer is easier than you think. Just talk to God. 
God, it's me again. Heavenly Father, I'm here today because I want to know you better. And so first let me bring to you, and you just, you just begin a conversation with him. You know what I do sometimes? I, instead of praying aloud, if I'm not in a place where it's easy for me to pray aloud, because I can't pray in my head, there's too much going on in there. It just turns into a, a thing about Star Wars and a debate on what happened during the Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. What was Obi-Wan really up to? All these kinds of... So I have to pray out loud in conversation or I use a journal and I write it down. You can write out a prayer. A prayer can be in written form. You can, you can get out your journal and you can just write it like a letter. God receives it. He hears it. And the benefit to that is you can go back and look at what you've been praying for and see the way that God shows up in those areas. Prayer is not as hard as you think it is. Tell God what's going on in your life. Make requests. Worship Him for what's good. Tell Him what isn't. You don't have to pray for a whole hour. I think if you get in the habit of prayer, you will want to. Over time, it will become easier to pray more. But in the beginning, you may be praying for five or ten minutes, and that's okay. It is the daily habit that matters. And you don't have to worry about what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit is going to help you. Romans 8 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. You ever feel that way? I don't know what I'm supposed to pray. What am I supposed to say to God? I have an audience with the Creator. I don't know what to say to Him. We do not even know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Here's what all that means. When you go before prayer and the Holy Spirit is inside of you, that He knows your heart. He knows what's going on. And when you can't even feel like you can find the right words to say, He interprets for you. He helps. And the more you pray and the more you connect with the Holy Spirit, the easier prayer will become. And then spend some time reading your Bible. Get a reading plan that will help you develop a habit. Download the YouVersion Bible app. There's hundreds of plans on there. They're all free. There's no ads. YouVersion Bible app. It's in your app store. Y-O-U version. Download it on your phone. I do one called the Bible in One Year Plan. Uh, by uh, Nikki and Pippa Gumbel out of a church in England. I love it. It's such. I've done it for years now. It's a great plan. It's called the Bible in One Year. It's a red and white schemed app. Download that one. Get you a paper Bible reading plan. Do whatever works for you, but just pick a plan and read it every day. Works for me. Find one that works for you. Set reminders on your phone. Find a time that's the same every day and make that time holy. I believe habit is the core of discipline. And so get in a regular habit and just start it. This may seem difficult or unreasonable because you have toddlers or because you start work at 6.30 a.m. or a million other reasons. But listen, if you can just give 30 minutes out of every 24 hours to developing a conversational relationship with your Creator, it will change every part of your life, every aspect. I mean, we always find time for the things that we prioritize. We always find time for the things that we prioritize. Maybe for you right now, Netflix is the winner, or your job, or the gym, or maybe your family. I would encourage you to put growing spiritually at the top of your list of priorities and watch it trickle down into every other area. Get in the habit then 
hold it. And here's what I mean by hold it. On the days you don't feel like it, do it. On the days that you just want to turn the alarm off, don't. On the days you know that if you get up and do it, you're just going to go through the motions, get up and go through the motions. The Proverbs say that the key to wisdom is this, get wisdom. I think that the same principle applies to discipline. The key to discipline is this, get discipline. You just do it day after day and eventually it becomes second nature. You'll think that you're practicing being consistent, but what's also happening is you're growing more and more spiritually. And you're, as time goes by, you're getting healthier and healthier and it's becoming a bigger part of your life. And I'm just telling you, it's not as hard as you think it is. Some days you will inevitably get knocked off course. Life happens. That's okay. Give yourself grace and then restart the whole thing tomorrow. We get in our head that it's hard to repeat an action over and over and we get in our head that life getting in our way makes certain things impossible. But listen to me, that is just in your head. You can give part of your day to spiritual health. You can get in this habit and you can hold it. You can do it and it will change your year if you do. Second, you've got to get the right perspective. Get the right perspective. Maybe what's been atrophying you more than anything else spiritually this year has been the perspective you hold. Your fear of the ways that you let God down last year or, or the ways that He might feel towards you this year or, or all of it. We get caught in the disappointment cycle sometimes. When we're disappointed about life and how it's going, we sometimes draw away spiritually. We do it relationally as well. In relationships, if we're having a hard time emotionally, we pull away from the people we're close to, even though that's just who we need. Then we don't draw closer again because we think they must be disappointed in us. Let me tell you a quick story to help you gain a better understanding of who God is and His nature. Adam and Eve are the first humans ever created. And God allowed them to live in paradise where He would literally walk among them. And they had one rule. Don't eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they ate the fruit. And the first thing that they felt was shame. It says in Genesis uh, 3 verse 8, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And in verse 10 he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Their nakedness was suddenly something they were aware of, and it immediately brought shame. So God responds with discipline. Because they broke the rule, the one rule He gave them, and He is a God of justice. And if He says, this is your consequence, that's your consequence. So He gives them their consequences, just as He told them that He would. They're forced to leave the garden and they have to start the life that we all follow in today. But do you know what God did just before He gave them those consequences, just before He sent them out? I love this. This is verse 21. It says, The Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. He gave them clothes. God's first act was to take away their shame. Well, to so say, I see what you've done, and it is wrong, and there are consequences for it. But I don't want you to have to live in the shame that you're currently living in. Let me remove this shame, and then you can go out and, and live in this life you've now created. Listen to me. This is the nature of God. 
This is who he is. He does not want you to live in shame. In Romans, Paul tells us that our times of suffering give us patience, perseverance, and hope. Romans 5.5 Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who He has given to us. Even in a year like the one we just lived through, God doesn't want you to feel shame for what you've done. He wants you to feel His love through the power of the Holy Spirit at work within you. He wants you to live in obedience. He wants you to live closer to Him. He wants you to live a better life. But He doesn't want you to feel shame for the life you lived before. He wants to take that away from you. Our God is a good God. The first words He would describe Himself with are compassionate and gracious. Change your perspective on Him, and it will change your perspective on this year. If we can remember that, that that's who He is, if we can shift our perspective to that understanding, then the next time disappointments come, maybe instead of running away from God, we will learn to rely on Him. And finally this morning, that I would encourage you, the thing I would encourage you to do for a spiritual do-over this year is don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. An absolute key to good spiritual health this year is don't try to do it alone. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you have doubts because it's been a hard season, that's okay. Say them out loud. Say them out loud in prayer and say them out loud in community. We get through seasons like this together. We do it together. Spiritual growth isn't just a solo assignment. It's a group project. Paul says in Romans 12, For as one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. We were made to function together as a whole, as a community, as people who rely on one another, not individually and separated. We're like a body. We need each other. Even if you're not attending in person right now, I think you need to find a way to be in community. I, I, honestly, I struggle with the term social distancing because I think the idea of social distancing tells me I need to isolate and be alone. I believe in physical distancing. You better keep yourself six feet away from me at all times. And that's not just COVID times. I don't actually like to be touched. And so I'm a big believer in physical distancing. But social this no, socially we need one another. We need to be in community with each other. Even if you're not ready to be in, in Sunday morning services or even in a life group setting, you can find a way to do this. Join a life group if you're comfortable with that. They're starting up in just a couple weeks. Go into a place where there's a smaller environment, a little bit more controlled, and be around people. Go through life with other people. And if that's too much, then why don't you take the action to find two or three people who you trust and say, hey, let's be in a bubble together. Let's, let's go through this hard time together. Let's commit to, to protecting one another, but let's also gather at some point. Let's gather outside, 70 feet apart from one another with masks on. It's still better than being alone. You need community. You were created for it. You were made for it. You are a social creature. You were made to grow as one body, not as one part. 
And so if you want to have a a year that is better than last year, do whatever it takes to not have to do this alone. Last year was tough. Maybe it took a toll on you spiritually. That's okay. It's a new year. It's a new opportunity to have the best year spiritually you've ever had. So I believe that 2021 is a year of restoration. And I believe God's going to restore your spiritual health this year. I believe the Holy Spirit inside of you, even if He's been dormant for a long time, is ready to wake up and lead you into the best year of your life. And just a few little tweaks will get you there. If you're watching today and, and all this talk about spiritual health is, is a mystery to you because you've never actually had a real relationship with God. Well, the news is, the good news is that it is easy as it could be. We, we believe that there's a simple path to a healthy spiritual life that you might first know God. As in, you get to know Him exactly where you are. You don't have to check off any boxes. You don't have to, you don't have to get anything right. I mean, I just told you that our God is a God who wants to remove shame. He wants to be in relationship with you first. In fact, He says, I can't help you until we're in relationship with one another. And so know God is the first step. Then He wants you to find freedom from the sin that you're living in. Then He wants you to discover your purpose and so that you can live your life making a difference in the purpose He created inside of you. All of that is coming, but the very first step is to know God. And if you're ready to make that step today, wherever you're at, every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, forgive me for trying to do this on my own. Forgive me for every sin every bad habit, every mistake I've made, I just ask, Lord, that you would forgive me and I give myself to you. I believe in you. I believe in what you've done to bring me into relationship with you. I believe in you, Jesus, and the cross and the resurrection. And I just, today, I commit my whole life to you, all that I am, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Gathering Church podcast is produced by the Gathering Church creative team. Want to get involved? Fill out a Connect card online at gatherashville.org. Find us on Facebook at The Gathering Church or on Instagram at Gather Asheville.